This is 261 Fearless Voices, proudly presented by Bose, the podcast dedicated to fearless women around the world. Welcome to the second 261 Fearless Voices podcast. I'm your host, Juliet McGrattan. I really hope you enjoyed our first podcast with Catherine Switzer. If you missed it, do go and have a listen. Her story and her plans for the 261 Fearless Network to connect and empower women around the world really are inspiring. So today, I would like to introduce you to Demi Clark. Now, Demi will be running the Boston Marathon in April as a member of the 261 Fearless Boston Marathon team. So she'll be running and fundraising for 261 Fearless. Now, she certainly had times in her life when she's had to overcome fear, um, and I'm very grateful that she's joined us today. So hello, Demi. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, so we'd like to start these podcasts, Emmy, by just asking you to describe yourself so that listeners can kind of get a picture of you in their heads. So go for it. <laughs> Great. Okay, so I'll keep it short. Uh, I'm 41 years old. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's in the United States on the East Coast. Um, and I have two daughters. They are in sixth grade and eighth grade in America. So they're going on 12 and 14 here. We have birthdays coming up in April and in May. And my husband and I have been married for almost 17 years in June. And this will be this Boston. This will be my third Boston. Um, I ran 2013. I returned in 2014. And this will be the third time as a charm. I uh, never expected to go back. But when this opportunity came up, uh, I met Catherine just at a table at the expo in 2014. She probably wouldn't remember it. She meets a whole lot of really amazing people, I'm sure. Uh, and just was inspired back then. Uh, mm before ever going through what what really in America right now due to politics, etc. There's a huge women's movement going on. And uh, I knew at some point back then that we would connect somewhere. I didn't know what that would look like. So I'm super excited to, to make that come to life in April and really the past few months of fundraising and uh, being able to put that out there. So I think this is back to my final point was uh, ninth marathon and just countless halves. Uh, did my first Ironman last summer. So just constantly running or doing something that is moving. <laughs> yeah, a true active woman. Um, and so, so these podcasts are all about fearlessness and courage. And, and what, what does that mean to you? Oh, there's so many things. Uh, to put it in the present tense, I've always had on my office desk an Eleanor Roosevelt quote, uh, one of our American president's mm -hmm. wives, uh, first ladies back in the 30s and 40s, uh, do, do one thing every single day that scares yourself. And that resonated with me back in my 20s as a woman. And uh, I've always tried to live by that. So just put yourself out of your comfort zone, do something different. Uh, and you, you shouldn't get complacent, right? So right, right now in its relevance, I think, uh, hopefully in the world, not just America, is not being afraid to speak up, putting it in a gender-specified uh, answer, really having a voice. It's mm -hmm. not time to sit on the sidelines. So from a fearlessness aspect, it's showing my, my daughters, the next generation of women who are trying to find their voice, uh, just own your own skin. What What is that equal to you? Does that equal running? Does that equal just however you can be empowered? So to me, 
That's, that's fearlessness is when you can truly scare yourself every single day and have something, even if you fail, you've moved forward. There's, there's failing forward and there's succeeding forward. Either way you've, you've tried. Absolutely. And, and was there a time when you overcame your fear? Can you remember the moment you became fearless? I, I truly put it back to my Boston experience back in 2014, 2013. Uh, I was, 10 yards away from the first blast, I was one of the last timed and scored finishers. So there were five of us that were there and then everyone's seen the news. So mm. it's replayed in my head consistently still five years later today. Uh, this will be our fifth anniversary of that, that uh, yes. tragedy, that horrible day. So uh, it, it affected me later. Uh, my daughters were in the stands. They were seven and nine with my husband. They were in the, the public library stands across the street and saw everything. And, and, uh, it was quite a day for us. And I remember thinking, uh, as we left that two days later, uh, when this, the state was under lockdown and we could finally get a flight out, I thought, I don't think I ever want to put myself in this situation again. I, mm-hmm. I had this very protective mothering instinct and, uh, that's not like me. It's, it's not like me at all. I don't run away from things. I, I go towards them. So, uh, it, it, over the next couple of months, I had, I just wrestled with it. There was a lot of PTSD, a lot of just resounding guilt factor of I could have done more. I could have helped people. What, what, what was I thinking? Um, I I really just grabbed my kids and ran. Uh, and I made this conscious choice around Christmas to say, no, you need to do this. You need to face whatever it is that, you know, the demons inside you of what you didn't do or, or what you left on the course or what happened that day that was just, again, circling in on this, tape in your head that just goes over and over and over again, just face it. Uh, and I really didn't want to go back. <laughs> and that was no offense, no offense to anyone in Boston. They're the most wonderful people, uh, and the mm. most wonderful day that's their day. And I was angry about that, 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 that their day was really taken from them. Um, not being someone from Boston myself. Um, and so that whole process, I remember that training cycle, uh, that 20 weeks of just some hellacious runs and some just really dark days of having to deal with things that I just wanted to bury. Uh, and then to go and run with, you know, almost 30,000 people. And that, that year, if you were there or anyone who was there, it was amazing. It was inspiring and empowering and sad, but, uh, uplifting at the same time. And I remember leaving Boston that year. Uh, that Tuesday after Patriots Day and saying, yes, you did this. You should, you should be proud of yourself. And it was just a, I don't want to say relief because that means I was, I was super anxious, but it, it, I finally faced something that was probably the biggest fear of my life because I was truly afraid. Um, mm. and, and yeah, I, I look back on that to say the first time as an adult that I really faced uh, what I would say is a major, major fear. I can I can only imagine how hard that was going back again. Um wow. Um so do you think once you overcame that and you developed this real strength and and fearlessness has that had an impact on your career and your life in those years since? Oh completely. I have low tolerance. <laughs> For a lot of things, uh, it, you know, a lot of I, I went through therapy with my family and have talked to other people who um, I, I think it would be too too serious to call it survivors because I was I was incredibly lucky. But people went through a lot more that day than I did. I was 
that I was unscathed. I had just mental uh, baggage to come through. I, I did not get hurt that day. Uh, like some people have physical scars. Uh, I came through with mental scars and more emotional scars. Uh, talking through that with a lot of people in different situations, like soldiers, other folks who have had very traumatic incidences. And unfortunately, in America lately, that's been a lot uh, sure. of trigger incidents. Um, it's the same feeling of uh, proof of life where you just don't have tolerance for people who want to waste your time. Uh, you, you really put more significance to moments and again, making it count. Uh, I think it's, it's waned a little bit that first year, that 2014 year, I was just constant energy. I was constantly saying like, no, I'm not going to waste a minute of my life. I've got to be there for people. I have to be fearless. I have to go back to Boston. I have to do this. I have to, I, there's only so much time, you know, you have that, wow, I could have had that taken away from me. What would I do differently? Second chance type, uh, Mm -hmm. syndrome or, or thought process. Right. Uh, and I think that's still with me today is I'm just so driven to make a difference in a few different categories, women's empowerment being probably the biggest right now. So how do I do Mm -hmm. that? I do that through running. I do that from being a good mom and hopefully good role model to my kids. And now with 261 Fearless, I just think it's, it's the right time around the world. It's not just the United States uh, to give women a chance uh, to empower them to make a difference in their lives, whether that's running as an onboard into other things. So uh, that's that's where I am with it is to just not waste a moment. Yeah. And do you think the actual running and being active in itself um, helping has helped you to become fearless? Completely. And it's Mm. just universal. I've always been an athlete. I have not, I didn't come to running until later in life. I became a runner at 31 of all things. I was Mm. dared to run the London Marathon of all places. One of the (laughs) biggest world majors there is, uh, knew nothing about it. I knew, you know, I didn't even know what the the course was going to be like or how many people were running. Uh, I just got dared to to run it and I said, okay, I have uh, 10 weeks to train. I'll do it. So got terribly injured, but, uh, just one of the most amazing moments of my life. And it turned me into a runner for sure. I had never done a 5k, but that's another story. For another time. <laughs> uh, so maybe that was fearless too. But I, yeah, I was an athlete my whole life. And I think I've always connected to that as being when other things are just messed up in life or in the world or things you can't control, let's say, uh, I was able to control my emotions in sport, my teamwork, uh, connecting with other people, my own body, you know, and, and, and yeah. what I could do with that. And I think that's so important today. It's, it's an onboard into being comfortable in your own skin, what we talked about earlier and mm. um, scaring yourself every day. And then it gives you that confidence to move into other things, other, other uh, corridors of your life. So again, job, family, work situations, uh, uh, political situations in your country, if that's applicable, uh, there's things that you can go tackle and conquer. And after the Olympics, I mean, my goodness, I'm, I'm a huge Olympics geek. So I was just freaking out the last couple of weeks here. <laughs> And uh, just to see how that has brought people together, again, in in the midst of a lot of different political circumstances across the world, sports are universal. So how can that not bring us together as an onboard that's neutral? Mm. No, I I fully agree. Um, So how can we kind of change the prejudice and the stereotype of the weaker woman that we quite often see portrayed in in movies and television and and, uh, culture, etc.? I tell my daughters this all the time, and it's a big conversation point in, in the United States right now, is show up. You have to have representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just such a big thing for me. I've tried to do it a little softer uh, my whole 
adult career because you can be pegged as a feminist or air quote, you know, a title. We're, we're big on that in the States of uh, being labeled. And I, there's a lot of women in my generation that were afraid of being too too pushy on that. You know, we wouldn't, didn't want to be labeled. And then we were this aggressive feminist. And now I've, I've learned in the last uh, probably five years, as my daughters have come to have their voices, is to be very proud of uh, saying it's representation and representation absolutely matters, especially for women right now. I think that's across the world. It's not, again, I don't want to make this about the United States. Uh, we have to show up and we have mm-hmm. to be the runners. We have to be the mentors. We have to uh, be the ones in the jobs and just be fearless in going and getting what we don't, I don't want to say what we don't have, but maybe where we aren't being represented. And mm-hmm. once you have that, and once you have someone to look up to, I mean, just look at the stories in the news across gender, or excuse me, across industries, across uh, sports, when they say, hey, I grew up watching so-and-so. I, I remembered seeing Chloe Kim saying that she grew up watching these inspirational women uh, uh, Kelly Clark being the one in the United States who was her role model. And if mm-hmm. she didn't have that, would she have gone that route? I, who knows? We don't mm-hmm. know. She would have watched men. And, and again, not to necessarily make it about gender. It is about gender when it comes to, um, making women equal again, it, representation. And why do we need more fearless women, um, in the world? Do you think? Uh, for that very reason, because somebody's got to be the trailblazers. And uh, I was lucky enough to have that in my life. I had a, a grandmother here who was way ahead of her time. She was one of the first female Marines in the United States military. Uh, wow. And she was absolutely, she was a Rosie the Riveter. She just was completely fearless. And she she raised us that way as a grandmother. I couldn't wait to go to her house. She was always the one with the, the boots on uh, and wading out. They lived on the coast and uh, wading out to picket snails and things in the water. And she was 75 years old and walking and running 10 miles a day. And I just, I, I tell my daughters all the time, I thank God for that because not everyone had, not every girl had that in their life to have those kind of role models mm-hmm. back in the 80s. Um, um, dating myself, but uh, to think that we hadn't come that far yet. Uh, and then I had women in my career. I'm in a fairly male dominated industry in, uh, in the United States in home building. So uh, I've always grown up around the guys. I was the first one on my sports teams. Uh, I remember being on my, my baseball team and as a kindergartner with my little pigtails. And I was the first one with the boys. I was the only girl on the team for two years. And then the same thing in soccer. And then I started seeing other girls being involved with the boys teams. And then we finally had our own teams in middle school and into high school. So being part of that, what we call the Title IX generation, we're, we're pretty strong-willed, mm-hmm. opinionated when it comes to, uh, I don't want to say competing with the boys, but definitely having that. Uh, I want to beat you because I can, because there was only a few of us. Uh, and now my daughter's generation, they've, they've lived equal, let's call it, but they still are finding their voices. So you still have to be a trailblazer to go back to, you can't be afraid to have the voice and stand up if you're the only one. And so for that across the world, there's still a lot of women that I'm seeing, especially through 261 Fearless and the clubs that are being represented across the world and then in other political situations, uh, it just needs to happen. There, there still needs to be fearless women because there might not be that representation yet. Yeah, so we need those trailblazers and those and those role models for for our future generations, don't we? Absolutely. Um, so, do you have any advice um, or tips that you can give to women who are maybe feeling less confident in how they could embrace their fears? 
uh, you're never going to be ready. Uh, I got that advice from a woman CEO about five years ago where she said, you'll never be qualified enough. You'll never have the resume. You'll never have run enough to think that you, in your own mind, who is your biggest enemy and competitor, is going to be, air quote, ready for whatever you're signing up for. So just push past that and do it. Sign up for it. So sign up for uh, running the New York Marathon with 261 Fearless. I saw they <laughs> opened up the charity entries for that. Sign up for or apply to that job. Uh, go after some huge goal and, and dream big. That's my other advice is to say, the farther you push yourself, you even if you don't hit that huge goal, you're going to get so much farther than where you are now moving forward back to that failing forward or succeeding forward that you should still be inspired by that. So, uh, yeah, that's what I would say is dream yeah, big and sign up. And you're never ready. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you'll never be ready. That's like, I think that's what we do as women. I've, I've seen that in a, a couple different conversations in the media of uh, stars, you know, celebrities that are saying that. Of, you really, truly are never going to be ready in anything, no matter what your gender is, whether you're a, a woman or a man. Uh, so just why, why not just do it? And, and how can we as women help other women to, to become fearless? I think embracing that and, and being mentors with that. I My... I was so inspired last summer when I did, I did what I just said was my advice to myself. I had always said I wanted to do an Ironman and was like, I'm not a swimmer. I'm, I, you know, I run a lot. I, I can't say that I'm, you know, blazingly fast or that I have super skills like Shalane Flanagan, but uh, I, I, I can run. I, I have the benefit of being a distance runner and doing it okay. Uh, I was not necessarily a huge cyclist, but have a bike and I've done it, uh, have gone on a lot of road rides. So I, I was, I had all those doubts in my head that I was talking myself out of it, but I just always wanted to do it for representation and, uh, signed up and, and instantly the community just came out in droves. I was told to sign up for a few different, uh, groups on Facebook and then also locally in my community, there were some triathlon groups and, I'm telling you, the women came out more, you know, twice as much as the men in advice and saying, how can I help you? I was, I had this happen to me when I was uh, uh, cycling my first time or here's some tips on the swim. Uh, and I, it just was so, it, it resonated with me so much that I remember even thinking, again, not to make it specifically about gender because the men were just as helpful, but the women were twice as helpful because they didn't have as much representation. They knew that only you know, there's, it's two to one male to female entries in, in Ironman competitions in the United States. So, uh, it, it resonated with me in the summer to say, wow, I have to be that person to other women. So, mm -hmm. uh, it, I think what we're afraid of is grandstanding. We don't want to sound like we're talking about ourselves. And I, I think I pushed past that in the fall when I decided to, and was invited to run for 261 Fearless to say, you know what, I'm going to push it on my wall. I'm going to put it on social media. I'm going to post more because, more and more women are coming out and saying, thank you. You inspire me. I did my first 5K. Uh, I, I think I'm going to do an Ironman. You know, am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. You can do it. So we have to be the cheerleaders for the next set of women behind us who are doing whatever we, we had signed up for or decided to do. They want to do the same thing. It's, I think it's our responsibility. If we want to see more of that representation, we need to, to turn back over our shoulder and start lifting others behind us and, and, giving them our arm and saying, come on, let's do this. You know, let me give you an hour of my time on Saturday. I th and I think we underestimate the power that we all have actually to, to influence and, and inspire others um, sometimes because we're too modest. So, yeah. um, so you mentioned Eleanor Roosevelt and are there any other women that you admire for their courage? 
Oh, Catherine, for sure. I mean, to put it into a, uh, she's one of my heroes or she rose, uh, because of what she's the first fearless woman in running, uh, that has been super documented around Boston. There was plenty of fearless women in running, right? Uh, so I don't want to get feedback from that, but she, to me, uh, especially running my first Boston in 2013, she was the one, you know, when I look to, okay, how do I inspire myself for this really scary, prestigious, <laughs> uh, long sought after race by so many runners around the world. And I remember not ever meeting her and really not knowing a ton about running at the time. I was still finding my voice in running and how I like to, to run in my style. I, I read her book. Uh, it was crazy. And I, I said, wow, who, who would do that? You know, at the time that she did in, in America, uh, even crazier than to, to do a triathlon last year, you know, it, it, she was way ahead of her time. And uh, still to this day to see how active she is and how she is putting her energy and what she was able to do, not just once into recycling that energy to others to what we were just talking about how can that not be just mega mega inspiring so she would be right up there uh, mm. in terms of sports fantastic and is there anything you're still afraid of do you have any phobias <laughs> open water swimming i yeah. don't know why uh, yeah that, <laughs> no that i'm with you might be my next to tackle. A friend of mine just signed up for a, a triathlon. And again, ironically, I live on the East Coast of the United States. So I'm within two hours of open water anywhere that I go. So uh, I think it's there, but sharks are, are real. Mm. <laughs> so uh, it's not, not a, it's a silly, silly fear. And I think uh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is me coming out in public that I just need to sign up for. Um, an Ironman that has open water swimming and uh, who knows maybe we have a 261 fearless fundraising for that right well uh, we'll be back to to interview you if we do there <laughs> <laughs> okay. you go now I have to sign up well thank you Demi so much uh, for enjoy uh, for joining us I've, I've really enjoyed chatting to you and uh, and hearing all about your story and we we wish you the best of luck for for running in Boston in April I hope you have a fantastic time Oh, thank you. And for everybody listening, just sign up, whatever it is, sign up. Brilliant. That's lovely. Thank you so much. Bye now. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. 261 Fearless Voices has been brought to you by Bose. If you want to learn more about 261 Fearless, the global women's running network, go to www.261fearless.org.